This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, gotta tell you about this electric deal from Strava Craft Coffee. Guys, I need your attention right now. Now we have a new magical code for Strava Craft Coffee. It's DNVR25 at checkout, and that'll get you 25% off for our listeners over at Strava Craft Coffee. They've upped the deal because they really want you to try Strava Craft Coffee. So make sure to head to Strava Craft Coffee right now. Use that magical code DNVR25 at checkout, and you'll get 25% off. Got me there. But after you've used that magical code DNVR25 at checkout, for 20% off, then you can subscribe and save 20% off every single order after that at Strava Craft Coffee. And you can have your coffee delivered to you every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks at that 20% off price. So if you're new to Strava, make sure to use the code DNVR25 at checkout for 25% off. And in the past, if you've already used DNVR20, well, you can use the code DNVR25 one time to get that 25% off. All right. Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach, Mace, RK, and the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four, we're we're still waiting for. NBR Broncos podcast on this Tuesday in March. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. So make sure to check out MSU Denver online, whether you want to just take one class or whether you want to earn a degree, make sure to check them out. MSU Denver online. My boy, Mace, what's shaking? Uh, you know what? I don't know. It's it's weird. I am. I'm tired. I am. <laughs> I, 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 nothing shaking right now, Zach. I usually have a, I, I'd like to have a witty answer for you, but I don't. So I'm just... I'm here. I I am today. I am upright. My goal is to make it to tomorrow to tomorrow and be better rested. How about that? All that's, right. that's, that's all I am right now. I, I am simply trying to get through a day. That, <laughs> even, that's that is how I feel. I, you know, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I am basically existing right now. Uh the my my dogs got me up way too early this morning. I am just I, I'm, I, I don't 
this one, and I don't need surprises. I don't need breaking news, which means there's probably me breaking news and surprises today yeah. because <laughs> I just need to get through this and take a nap. Yeah, sounds sounds like Sorry. a Tuesday. <laughs> sounds like a Tuesday right there. And maybe someone oh. else that's just trying to make it to tomorrow potentially. At least I know a lot of fans are hoping uh, that this person sticks around is Vaughn Miller. And of course, the Broncos have that team option to decide whether to pick up or decline, or they can renegotiate. We're coming about 10 days upon that deadline, uh, less than two weeks when they need to decide on that, about two weeks to decide on that. And Mace, of course, during the pod yesterday, we got some news about J.J. Watt signing a two-year $31 million deal with $23 million in guarantees right there. And my question to you is, is that now the market for what Von Miller will be looking for, whether he's with the Broncos in terms of a restructure? Because, of course, this year he's set to make $18 million in cash, $22 million cap hit with $4 million dead money. Or is Von Miller not in the same category in terms of contracts as J.J. Watt? Okay, I would say this. The contract could be a template for what the Broncos want mm. because – that's pretty reasonable. Now you've got to have the guarantee and, and you got to put an escrow drink. And that's a key part of this is $23 million guaranteed for JJ Watt, but 15 and a half million dollars a year. That would work very well for the Broncos. That would, uh, that, that would take his cap figure. If he's on the team down from North of 22 million, if they have an equal amount in both years, down by about $7 million. And that's huge. I mean, basically if you did that, you've created the space for your quarterback hedge probably because uh, you, you imagine you wouldn't pay more than $7 million for that quarterback. So there you go. But if you're Vaughn Miller, even though JJ Watt is a terrific player, you're also looking at it in terms of, okay, what has JJ Watt done in the last five years. And of course he played all 16 games last year, but in the past five seasons, JJ Watt has missed half a season, 11 games, 13 games. He has a total of 20 or pardon me, 26 and a half sacks in the last five years, 16 of them coming in a single season. Von Miller has been more productive, and even though he's coming off of an injury, has been more durable in that time than J.J. Watt has. So I would think Von Miller is looking at that as a baseline, but that he would expect more. And I think if the Broncos went to Von Miller and offered him this deal, he'd probably turn it down. Oh, wow. So Mace, where I'm at is I, I couldn't be more different at looking yeah. at this than you. I view it the opposite. I view this as the contract that Vaughn would take and would be open to. And the Broncos saying, whoa, Nelly, this is way too much coming in here. Uh, but but you're 100% right. When you look at Vaughn Miller and J.J. Watt, and, and Mace, I like that you look at the five-year output, uh, mm -hmm. but I'm going to look at just the past two years, and they are very similar. Like you said, J.J. Watt two years ago missed half a season. Of course, we know Vaughn Miller missed a whole season last year von miller eight sacks in the last two years combined of course because he missed all of last year so eight sacks a year before jj watt in the past two years even with missing half a season 
nine sacks right there. And we know that, you know, there's, there's a lot more to a player than just sacks, but sacks are a good place to look when you look at it in paying edge rushers, like both of these guys are, of course, they're different positions. JJ Watts, that defensive end, uh, but in Von Miller's the outside linebacker, but both of them can be considered edge rushers. So I think for Von, if he's willing to take a pay cut mace, this is as low as he would go, in, in, in my opinion. Or, or th- this is probably about the pay cut he's thinking of. You know, he's like, okay, I'll give the Broncos, what would that be, about 15% of a pay cut? I'm not going, I'm not going much further than that. And that's what this would be. And it would also uh, secure some more guarantees for Vaughn because of course Vaughn doesn't have guarantees coming into this season. So this would give him, you know, $23 million in guarantees. And if I'm the Broncos and George Payton, they may be saying only two and a half million dollars. That's not really the, the pay cut we were thinking about. Uh, the Broncos may be saying about 10 million and then try to meet somewhere in the middle. So I, I like that we're approaching this from different sides. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, are you talking about two and a half million of a pay cut from the 18? Yep. Because because. Because that's really, what Ron gets this year. Well, it's what he gets, but his but his overall figure is north of 22 because you have the prorated portion of the signing bonus still coming in. And of course, uh, it's 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 the structure of that bonus and how they how they spread all the dollars over this, which is why you've been looking at these uh, the, at these huge numbers the last three years and. You know, the one thing I think that is not an option is keeping Vaughn on his current deal, but you get him, you get him back. Then if you had this deal, you'd be cutting it down by again, by $7 million on what he would be charged at right now. So that's something that I think that the Broncos would be welcome to The The problem is if you're Vaughn, if you're Vaughn Miller, and I think the other thing that's looming over this, of course, of course, the investigation going on uh, down in Parker, but, if you're Von Miller and you don't expect anything out of that, don't you believe that somebody on the market's going to give you 17 or $18 million a year? Without a doubt. Even though you missed the, the past season. I, I think that the, the thing with their injury, with the injuries on these two is this, what unfortunately for him has a history that shows that him, that at least, at least in the last five years, him playing more than half a season is the aberration. And you know, there was there was a, there were points where you thought, okay, is JJ whatever going to be back? Now, Von Miller, he had the ACL earlier in his career, but uh, that really only caught cost him four games, one regular season, three playoff games. So he's only had one season get blown up by injury. He doesn't have the same litany of, of health issues on his resume that J.J. Watt does. So that's why I think if, if you're Von Miller and you look at J.J. and the, the Watt deal, I think maybe this is an absolute floor, but I still think Von's going to want more than this. Yeah, I think so too. And maybe something else that Von Miller's agent is going to tell teams if he hits the open market or tell the Broncos in these negotiations mm-hmm. is he's going to say, oh, well, didn't you see the reports that J.J. Watt didn't take the biggest yes. offer that was out there? J.J. Watt could have got $17 million. And then you bring in everything that you said as well, Mace, about how J.J. in the past five seasons has played eight games once, 16 games twice, and then less than eight games twice as well. And then he's going to say Von Miller's only missed one season 
season in those past five, uh, five seasons. Uh, and then you can look at the stats that you did going back five years. And that's where Von Miller's camp is going to be coming right. from is saying, Look, JJ probably could have got 17, 18. I'm sure that his agent can actually find the numbers that were offered to JJ. And they're going to say, look, Vaughn's still a $19 million per, per year guy. And of course, that's the deal that he's on right now is the one that averaged $19 million per season. And so that's what Vaughn's camp could very well be saying. And he would be in his right to say that. And like you said, Mace, if Vaughn is, if Vaughn's camp's going to say he's a $19 million player, well, that's the contract that he's on right now. So I know the cap hit is 22 million, but there's going to be no restructuring there going from 22 to 19 because of the, uh, uh, all of the, the uh, prorated stuff that would hit. So that's not the discount that the Broncos would be looking for. And also Vaughn could say he could look around the league and say, okay, JJ Watt making 15 and a half million dollars per year. That puts him as the 13th highest paid edge rusher in the NFL. I know that Vaughn is very confident in himself and his agent as well. Mace, when he got that deal, uh, right after Super Bowl 50, it wasn't to be the highest paid outside linebacker in the league. It wasn't to be paid very well. It was to set the the NFL record for a defensive player. That's what he was looking for. So he may look at being the 13th highest paid edge player, not just defensive player, edge player in the game and say, you've got to be kidding me. I'm Von Miller. And Mace, we're talking about 15 and a half million right now. We're not talking about 10 million. If he gets paid 10 million a year, that's the 29th highest paid edge rusher. So we're, we're talking about where there could be just a huge disconnect if the Broncos are looking for a substantial pay cut. Yeah. And uh, you wonder, for example, if like the, I doubt it'll come up, but uh, the number that spot track provides for their projection is $10.3 million per year. Wow. Wow. I, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's in keeping with what Von Miller's going to end up with. I think he's going to end up a, a lot higher than that. Now, uh, part of that, part of that is is because I'm sure they're they're factoring in uh, the injury, and 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 last year's injury does does come into play on this. But you have to consider kind of the, the bigger sample size and the whole thing of one team. All it takes is one team to pay. Now there are going to be a fair amount of teams that close their wallets this year, but. There are, there are probably going to be more, uh, maybe not more teams, but enough to get the value on Vaughn Miller up, even, even if he's signing a one-year deal. And that's the other thing that comes into, into play, Zach, is let's say the Broncos gave Vaughn Miller the J.J. Watt contract straight up with, with $23 million in guarantees over the course of two years. What if a team came to Von Miller and said, look, we'll give you one year, 15 million guaranteed. And he decided to bet on himself. Right. Believing that with a good season, getting another year removed from the injury and also the chance to go into free agency next year when things should have stabilized in terms of revenue. And there may be more teams that are willing to say, all right, I'm going to pay this sort of massive outlay for a player. In that case, then Zach, I think you might see a scenario where the Broncos give Von Miller an offer. He turns it down. He actually takes a, a contract that is shorter and ha and has every dollar guaranteed 
and puts himself back into the market next year when the climate may be more favorable to get that final big score. And Mace, we talk about how there could be super teams uh, made this year. What if it's $15 million from the Tampa Bay Bucks and it's $15 million guaranteed and he gets to go to an instant contender? He's playing with Bruce Arians, who's definitely a player's coach. You know, Vaughn could call his shots on when he's practicing and when he's not practicing. And then he can make $15 million this year and then go try to make a big deal after that, after potentially winning another Super Bowl ring. That's why, Mace, if it gets to this point where Vaughn is able to negotiate with other teams... I think he's gone because at that point it would mean that the Broncos one couldn't renegotiate a deal with him or just straight up didn't want to. And then two, they declined his option, making him a free agent. So that would be two different times of the Broncos saying, no, it's okay. We'll, we'll let you test the market. And if Von Miller gets on the open market, 15 million is, uh, it, 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 I don't think it's going to be close to what Von's going to get unless it is that one year prove it type of super team type of deal because mace as we're talking about you know some of these lower numbers in terms of 15 million dollars a year being right around 13th 14th in the nfl the market keeps going up joey bosa reset the edge market what was it last year 27 million dollars a year and again when von miller got his deal five years ago it was he set the entire NFL market at 19 million. Now Joey Bosa has it at 27 million. So Vaughn could be saying, forget taking a pay cut. I want to raise. And it's not crazy that that he could get that over, you know, just a two-year deal. We're not talking a five-year hundred million dollar deal for Vaughn, but I wouldn't be blown away if he got two years 40 million from someone. Yeah. That kind of contract is absurd pardon me for anybody coming off of an injury and also going into uh, going into his thirties, that, that five year, hundred million dollar type of deal. Like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's actually, it's actually fair to think that uh, he could end up with a pretty substantial two year deal. Uh, now that being said, uh, I think the future for Vaughn Miller might, be a one-year contract if he moves on but the other thing you said is that it is is true if this gets to march 14th march 15th and you're uh, you're basically getting to the point where it's time for them to to pick up the option uh, pick up and ha- have the money guaranteed or, or move on then if it gets to that point and it's open it's over if, if the broncos don't get this done while they have an exclusive window it's over. And, and the thing is they, they can't bring him back on the current, on the current salary. That, that would just, that those terms would be foolish. He's not at the point right now where you can rationalize him chewing up $22 million plus of your cat. That, that, that's, that's irresponsible given everything else that uh, you've got looming this year. And and the, and, the, and the thing is, the only way the Broncos hold all the cards in this is if he's facing charges down right. in Parker. Right. And, I mean, I don't have any particular insight into this, but, I mean, if, if nothing is coming of that, and there's a, I think there's a decent chance there is uh, nothing coming of that, then why, then why, would he, why, would he, why would he take a lesser deal? Why wouldn't he go out in the market and, te- and, and test the waters and find out what's there? 
Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you, Mace. So the question is, Mace, would you do, if you're the Broncos, would you do a two-year deal right now? So an extension for one year, $31 million in total with $23 million in guarantees. Would you do that with Von Miller right now? And of uh, course, I, put, putting yeah. the court stuff on the side. Yeah, I, I would offer that deal. Straight up, I, I'd give him, I'd give him the JJ Watt offer, take it or leave it, and um, I don't think he's gonna take it. Mm. I think he's gonna believe he's worth more than that. Yep, yep. And Mace, as everyone's talking about pay cut for yeah. Von Miller, he honestly may be thinking raise. And uh, he probably was thinking that before the injury last year, uh, or at least he just, he just doesn't want to take a pay cut, man. This is so tough for me mm-hmm. because I do think that Von Miller can absolutely be a 15 and a half million dollar player. I absolutely think he can be a $22 million player, but the circumstances make it tough. I think he's a 15 and a half million dollar player, but Mace Here's where I hesitate about that contract. Mm-hmm. I don't like that it's two years. Now, I don't want to extend it and make it $15.5 million for three or four years, but I don't like that it's two years because what are we doing here then? Where Are we just signing Von Miller just to sign Von Miller and, and to keep him within the organization? Realistically, Mace, this team isn't a contender this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're a contender next year. And that's a huge maybe. Maybe they get Deshaun Watson, and then they're a contender this year. Maybe they don't get Deshaun Watson, and then Drew Locke doesn't pan out, and then they're going with a rookie next year. Well, then the team certainly isn't going to be competing next year. And so to me, a two-year deal doesn't really fit with the Broncos' time frame. Shouldn't you invest the $15.5 million on the future and you know it, it keep a, a Tim Patrick and a Philip Lindsay and an Alexander Johnson around with that money uh, instead or go out and get some young free agents? Because it doesn't make sense is right when your window is opening up in, let's say, potentially three years is right when Von Miller leaves and then you just paid him $31 million to you know, j- just be around for the emotional standpoint. So what I would look to do is if you want an extension past just a, a one-year restructure, Mace, and he probably wouldn't go for this because it's even m- more of a pay cut, but why not four years, $48 million? And yeah, th- there's a little risk there going four wow, years. Wow, wow. Uh, or three years, $36 million. Three years, $39 million, maybe. Maybe I'm pushing it there. Uh, but something like that where you say, okay, Vaughn, you can be with us when we're competing, whether it's next year, whether it's two or three years down the line. Otherwise, Vaughn is worth 15 and a half million, Mace. I, I do think he is. When he's healthy, he absolutely is. But does it make sense just to just to pay a guy and then let him walk when it's when it's your turn to compete? Well, first of all, on those contracts, Zach, how much are you guaranteeing? If you're giving him four years 48 million, what's the guarantee? Um, you know, if, if I'm the team, I'm doing $24 million guaranteed mm-hmm. Vaughn would probably want 36, you know, he'd, yeah. he'd want three full years of that, if not a little bit of the fourth. So you're basically giving him two years guaranteed there. If you're giving him uh 24 million guaranteed and, uh, and in that respect, then the contract becomes a now not quite analogous to the JJ Watt deal, because there's the potential for more money over the two years, but you've basically given him a two a two-year deal where you're assuring him more no matter what so 
you know, that's, it's, it's interesting to think about that, that possibility there, but you're right. I think Vaughn, uh, if you gave him that, he'd say, okay, guarantee 36. He'd want that third year guarantee. Right. Give me a motivation to sign uh, this contract, which by the way, if you talk about putting him at $12 million a year among edge rushers, I don't even think that puts him in the top 15 edge rushers in terms of a- average annual salary. I know. Uh, no, it, just looking, puts it, it puts him at yeah, 27. So yeah. Like way, right. da- way down. And yeah. he, he might blanch at that. Yeah, I think he would. I, I think I, I think you're absolutely right, Mace. I, I think he would. And so this is so Mace, would you do would you do three years fifteen million dollars per year for Vaughn? Would you do three years forty five million, thirty million guaranteed? Who um because this conversation, Mace, yeah. has really opened my eyes to that. A pay cut <laughs> really may not be happening. And and a pay cut, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Two million dollar pay cut, but not the fifty percent or seven million that you know we kind of talked about last week. That this is really open my asset. And and Mace, maybe if you want a little bit more of a significant pay cut, let's say fourteen million per year, maybe four years, fourteen million dollars per year, something crazy like that. Yeah, and, and then it all it's all about the guarantee. But the the three year forty five with thirty million is interesting because you just guaranteed him more than the Cardinals are guaranteeing JJ Watt. Right, and. Uh, what does Von Miller want? Does he want to bet on himself and think, okay, I'm going to maximize this, or does he want to take the bird in the, the bird in the hand? Right. I mean, if he's betting on himself and being back to health, he's probably saying, okay, the 30, you know, three years, 45 million, that's well and good. But, um, I think he would actually, in that instance, almost prefer two years, 30 million and have every dollar guaranteed. And then that's it, rather than the team having the option to bring him back for that third year. Because if he played up to his contract in those two years, then he'd probably say, okay, I'm in good health. I'm putting up big numbers, one, one more big score. But the, the thing is, is Vaughn going to play the bet on himself game or is he going to play the, uh, kind of the 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 wise game here which would be uh to step back and understand just how the production of edge rushers drops as you get into your 30s and if he puts up a bunch of double digit sack seasons on the other side of 30 hey that would be phenomenal that would put him among uh, the very elite all time, but it would also be the exception to the rule there. I mean, you, you've got to look long and hard for uh, those, those players that were putting up 10, 11, 12 uh, sacks a year beyond the age, the age of 30, especially beyond the age of 32, which is where Von Miller is headed is headed right now. Um, it's, it's, t- it's tough. I mean, I think Vaughn is, as we all know, is a very confident person and we know how he bristled to Zach by and, uh, and Brandon Stokely at the notion of a restructure. But uh, if there's a rational, uh, you know, Jiminy cricket whispering in his ear and kind of like in, in Pinocchio is that, is that rational figure saying, Hey, uh, they're giving you a lot guaranteed here. You, you'd be best served by taking it. 
Yep. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right, Mason. The more we talk about this, the more <laughs> that I don't think Vaughn's going to take a, yeah. a, a two-year, $31 million contract from the Broncos. I mean, it. like we said, I think the floor may be one year, $15 million from a contender uh, in mm-hmm. terms of his, his average annual salary. Maybe he goes down a little bit for a, a one-year deal for a team that's contending. But for the Broncos, Mace, I don't think he's going to do that. And that is crazy. This conversation has really opened my mm-hmm. eyes to that. Uh, and so how much do the Broncos want it? Because Mace, everything I've heard, of course, the Broncos want him, but it's about wanting him at the right price and wanting him to live up to a future contract, not just paying him for what he's done in the past. Yeah. And, uh, Ah, and and Vaughn wanting the right situation, and uh, certainly he he wants to contend. I mean, and now a lot of people talk about, hey, Vaughn could go back home to the Metroplex, go back to Dallas, but if they get it done with Dak Prescott, uh, then all of a sudden uh, they're in they're in cost cutting uh, mode to get under the salary cap because that chews up all of their of of their projected room, and. Uh, and in terms of getting a lot of cap savings, Dallas doesn't really have a lot of good contracts to work with. In fact, if you look at their contract situation on overthecap.com, the Cowboys don't have a contract where they can, a single contract where they can pick up more than 5.16 million of cap space. Mm. And that's Tyron Smith uh, on the offensive line. Everything else it's you pick up, 2.4 million here, 2.75 million there. Uh, you can kind of add it up and, and get there, but there it, you'd be creating a lot of mo- dead money to do that. So uh, Vaughn's dream of, uh, go, if he has that dream of going back to his home area, may not be compatible with reality right now. Right, especially when they're paying DeMarcus right. Lawrence $21 million per year. That would be and, really tough. Right, and if Dak Prescott doesn't resign. Why would Von Miller want to go back there? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a good I mean, question. Unless, and unless he, uh, uh, he believed in whatever rookie quarterback they might get, which could be literally the fifth, the fifth quarterback on the board. And then you start looking at, uh, you know, some other teams with, with money, you know, Washington's got space, but the one thing they don't need right now is edge rusher. That's where they're set. The Patriots have space, but uh, uh, would he really want to go there? Uh, the Colts are interesting Mm. even though Carson Wentz is a rehabilitation project uh, that's a team where they've got some really good pieces on defense so he wouldn't have he wouldn't attract all the attention from an opposing blocking scheme if he were on the market Indianapolis might be a place where he'd be a good fit Yep. And Indianapolis was in on JJ Watt Mace. Right. Exactly. They are looking to beef up their pass rush. And, and as long as Darius Leonard is there and, you know, he can drop into coverage, but he's also involved in the pass rush as well. Uh, that's that, that's a guy who's going to be the, the alpha and it would allow Von Miller to kind of settle in that role where he could capitalize off of the attention given to other players that, uh, th- that exist in that front seven. So it, it's, that's a that's a situation which on paper makes a lot of sense and like you said Zach the Colts have already decided they're in they're in on getting another pass rusher uh Cleveland not in, in as good a shape cap wise but 
You've got Miles Garrett there, but Cleveland has also said, hey, we want more because they were in on JJ Watt. And, you know, of course, Miles Garrett is another AM guy. Uh, what would that mean to Vaughn Miller, perhaps, to tag team with his former Aggie? Of course, I can hear people listening and saying, yeah, but you have to live in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> Only part of the year. You can have homes oh, other places. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, you can get some uh, waterfront property in Cleveland as oh, well. Yeah, probably, on for, the sh- probably for a deal. Yeah, on the shores of Lake Erie. <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing quite like it. <laughs> Oh, after this conversation, I just I don't have rosy feelings about Von Miller being a Bronco. And, and I, you know, it does feel like he he's played his last snap. This is going to come down to how much does George Payton and Vic Fangio want Von Miller here? Because we've all been talking about discounts and Von honestly may look at himself and say, look, I'm, I'm getting $18 million in cash this year on my contract. That's what I'm worth. Because you look at Trey Flowers, the seventh highest paid edge rusher, he's getting 18 million per year. That's what Von may say is what I'm getting paid this year is what I'm worth and what I should be getting paid. And he may even think that's a discount for a team. And if the Broncos want a significant discount on Von after this conversation, Mace, I think it's it's gonna be hard to find that middle ground. And a couple other things, of course. Number one, you got reasonable production from Leak Reed last year at $608,000 was his cap figure for 2020. This year, it's 855000 So you look at that and you say, all right, is this money better spent at corner when we have Malik Reed on the edge? And we, we can get pretty good production. And maybe Malik Reed is taking the Shaq Barrett path here from undrafted to being a stud on the edge. The other thing that comes into play is if they, let's say they decide they, they want an edge rusher in the market because there has been some speculation about the Broncos being interested in Hassan Reddick, who mm-hmm. of course played for the Cardinals. And uh, now that the Cardinals have invested this much in JJ Watt, then do they have enough left over for Hassan Reddick? Perhaps, uh, perhaps not. Now, Reddick, took a while for him to kind of find his niche. He finally had his first double digit sack season last year, 12 and a half sacks. But the thing that Reddick has that you don't really see as much of with Von Miller is Reddick has the ability to drop into coverage and has uh, been used in coverage from time to time over his career. And we know that Vic Fangio likes his edge rushers to be able to drop in coverage. He likes that versatility. And so is it possible that Fangio looks at somebody like Reddick, who's about to hit the market and says, he actually fits what I want to do more than Von Miller does. Yeah. Yeah. Very well. Good. And, and also probably cheaper and trending uphill. Whereas with Von, we don't know exactly what direction he's trending. Right. I mean, Reddick's going to get paid because edge rushers, even with only one really productive season are going to find the money. I mean, he credit to him. He had that 12 and a half sack season as, at the perfect time in his contract year. But you would think that because he only has the one season of productivity there, that you could get Reddick for say 12 and a half, $13 million a year. And yeah, that sounds like a lot, but 
right now von miller's cap figure is 22 million dollars you get reddick and you you've saved nine million dollars potentially on your cap if you're having the the value of that contract for that that proposed contract for reddick spread out equally cap wise over the next two or three years so these are all things the broncos have to think about and again also if i were them with all respect to reddick i would ride with malik if i if i can't have von miller i'd ride with malik reed and bradley chubb and put that money into corner because that that is a position that really needs a lot more depth uh, than you have right now and needs a needs a frontline starter needs a, a number needs a, a slot a third corner if you're going to have Bryce Callahan playing every down because there's no guarantee you're going to get what you want in the draft I think you need to fortify it right away yeah yeah man it, it's it's something Mace. there's yeah. a lot to think about over these mm-hmm. next two weeks when it comes to Von Miller because like we both agree if he hits free agency we both think that he has very well played his last snap man George Payton has quite the decision to make and man it would be a bold move to have his first big time move being let von miller go yeah it, it would and uh it would show that it's a new team new team new per, new people in charge and uh what happened in the past doesn't mean a heck of a lot going forward um Remember Vic Fangio, when he came here, he kind of said, hey, I'm going to kind of clean the slate a little bit. I'm not going to uh, focus a lot on previous film because I'm more interested in what they're going to do here. And yeah. I kind of get that. But it's it's, a, it's different with George Payton because in the general manager role, you're talking about uh, the finances and you're talking about some, uh, frankly, some colder, more calculated moves. It's just the nature of his job. But Payton doesn't have the doesn't have any experience with these with these guys he's coming in with a fresh set of eyes and that can be a positive but for those who want von miller around could also prove to be a negative if the broncos don't resign him yeah restructure him pardon yeah Yeah, you're absolutely, absolutely right. So much more to talk about with that. And before we jump into listener questions, Mace, I want to tell people how to join our family because when we read listener questions, Mace, we're reading them from our members of our family. And really quick, how you leave a comment, go to thednvr.com, click on the podcast section at the top of the screen, click on the Broncos one. Every single podcast of ours will pop up. The most recent one will be on top. Click on that one, then scroll to the bottom. And if you're a member, a comment section will pop up and you'll get to leave a comment, which will be read on the following day's podcast, just like we're about to do. And guys, that's only one of the benefits of becoming a member with us. Uh, Another benefit You get members only discord. It's a place where you get to talk to us. You get to talk to other diehard fans, man. It is always popping in the discord. You get your content read on this podcast. You get a free t-shirt with the annual membership and you get the DNVR beer, which comes at the DNVR bar and you get to upgrade for this price of a small beer. And guys, we have a new perk for the next 300 members. If you sign up to become an annual DNVR member, not only do you receive everything that I talked about above, but you will get a Recover Holistic Stick from Holistic Wellness. 
What's that? Holistic Wellness is all about the CBD. The stick we will send you packs 10 milligrams of CBD, and this one is focused on recovery. All you have to do is pop the top of the stick, pour it in your drink, stir, and consume. They are amazing. And check out the reviews at holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. And better yet, they're offering our listeners 30% off their first purchase using code DNVR30. So get an annual membership free DNVR code on the sampler pack. This includes five sticks of CBD for recovery, sleep, stress, beauty, and digest. And you can see what works best for you for future purchases. So when you become a member, you get a free holistic stick. So make sure to go to the DNVR.com and become a member. Yeah. And uh, don't forget, if you join the DNVR.com, you'll obviously be able to read all of our content uh, that we're that we're pumping out. Zach and I have something up every, pretty much every weekday and on weekends sometimes as well in the off season. The other thing, of course, about that is you know Zach that last year there were only two independent outlets that covered every Broncos game home and away. One was the Denver Post. One was of course us here at DNVR. Now the Denver Post, with all respect. That's an awful experience in terms of pop-ups and everything. One of the things we pride ourselves on here at DMBR is having a very clean experience for those who consume the written content. So you don't see pop-ups. You don't see ads all over the place. It is a, it is a clean, easy experience. The stories load quick. You're, you're not dealing with, with all sorts of things that might get that, uh, uh, that, slow your, that, that slow your ability to read the story. It's just straight up the content. That's part of, what, that's part of why we are a subscriber operation. But it's just something to consider as well, that uh, you, get, you get insider content from people who are covering the team, home and away, every game. And you get it without a lot without a lot of the ads that slow down your computer. So that's why I encourage you to subscribe to the DMVR.com because we've got great coverage of all Denver sports too. And I encourage you to check out DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this weekend, guys, with UFC 259 with three different title fights taking place in one night. There's going to be so much action, and DraftKings Sportsbook is the place to check it out as they're the official sports betting partner of UFC. And, guys, what they're doing is pick either main event fighter to land a punch during the U- this weekend's UFC 259, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds. That's all that has to happen. All you have to do is bet $1 on either fighter to land a punch. And if that happens, you'll win $100. And guys, this is a fight. So I would imagine a punch will be landed and that will turn your $1 into $100. Also going on, of course, this week, every day this weekend, they have great odds on basketball, hockey, anything you want to get in on, you can do it at DraftKings Sportsbook. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if either main event fighter lands a punch on Saturday. Place, place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend to get $100. That's code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 if either fighter lands a punch. For a limited time only, only DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. want to tell you about the Colorado Hawks as well. The Colorado Hawks is a nonprofit organization helping athletes from all over Colorado achieve their dreams of playing sports at the next level and earning college scholarships. The Hawks produce high-level athletes in boys and girls basketball and soccer. And most importantly, this is an affordable program 
that has never turned an athlete away due to cost. The Colorado Hawks program prides itself on keeping kids off the streets and helping underprivileged youth earn opportunities they may not get otherwise. This year, the Hawks organization will celebrate its 25th anniversary, and we've teamed up with them to raise awareness for this great organization. As they are a nonprofit, our number one goal is to help fundraise for the organization and help continue to provide opportunities for young athletes here in Colorado. And right now, they've got a sweet shirt for sale with 100% of the proceeds going right back into the program. So to check that out, head to Jokic for M- Jokic for MVP.com, J-O-K-I-C for F-O-R MVP.com to get a great high quality shirt that says, you guessed it, Jokic for MVP and help a great organization at the same time. Let's come together to support a program that has helped provide so many opportunities for Colorado's youth. That's Jokic for MVP.com to buy a shirt with all proceeds going to the Colorado Hawks organization. All right, Mace, let's check in with the people in the comment section. First comment coming in from NDAC Logan. Hey, guys, on yesterday's pod, you mentioned many people in Broncos organization don't believe as much in Drew Locke. I think this hits hard on Drew Locke's confidence, but also should fuel him to work hard this offseason. This makes me ask, do you know anything about Locke's offseason workouts or plans for him to meet up with other Broncos to throw the ball around and build chemistry on the offensive side of the ball? Thanks, Logan. Uh, that is still up in the air right now. And part of it is, uh, frankly, players, coaches, uh, they're waiting for guidance. They're waiting for word from, from uh, the NFL on what in-person work may look like if there's any in-person work. I mean, we're sitting here going into March now, and uh, uh, we haven't heard a lot uh, in terms of details about what's going on. It's still very hazy. And so I think all of this is, is, is kind of up in the air. I know Drew has expressed an interest in getting some of his, his guys together. I, I mean, I will say this, though. I mean, uh, in this day and age, we make a big deal out of it because Peyton Manning uh, was gathering people. But this is kind of, this is kind of the baseline now is, to get, is for the quarterback to gather uh, some of his receiving targets in for, for some work. It's, uh, it's sort of what is expected now. From from a quarterback, so it's it's it would be good if they can get together, but I also don't think it's uh, necessarily going to be a game changer, especially if you don't have coaches around. I think the thing that the Broncos really need is for some semblance of in-person OTAs with the coaches actually there. Yeah, yeah, and that seems like that is really up in the air. But you're 100 right, Mace. They're they're waiting on word from the players uh, association, and also this stuff wouldn't happen in February. It may right. happen at the end of March, probably not this year. But this is something where we'll probably see this stuff happen way closer to the summer when when people are vaccinated uh, and the NFLPA gives them the green light to do this. So we still have some time on that. But a good question. And don't forget the NFLPA by and large, is actually uh, coming out consistently in favor of cutting OTAs. So even though it's clearly something that helps a young team along, you've got a lot of veterans who say, no, 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 I kind of want that, uh, that, that downtime. So it's possible that you may be looking at a scenario where the NFLPA is pushing for something that may benefit a lot of teams, particularly veteran teams, but it may not benefit this young Broncos team right now. And that's part of why this dynamic is really so interesting and hazy. 
Yep, you're so right, Mace. Next one from Jay Harrison, 16. What's up, guys? So I have a couple of opinions that may sound crazy, but here we go. I think Deshaun to Denver is a reach. <gasps> There's nothing in the Broncos' history that says they are willing to cater to a player. They're having a tough enough time on re-signing their Pro Bowl safety, so why would they give up any- everything and pay Deshaun? When's the last time Denver has ever had a quarterback like Deshaun's type? They always si- draft and sign the tall, strong-arm pocket presence passers. That may, And that's the problem all along. Anyways, why would the Broncos give up a defensive cornerstone and every good pick available? That means there's no fresh and young improvement. And if you do get to improvement, you're overpaying in free agency. Their defense is the only reason that the Broncos won five games last year. You don't win championships without a good defense. So giving up, giving up on that seems silly. By trading for Deshaun, you are putting him in the same position that he was in Houston. This leads me to my next opinion. I'd rather have Alex Smith as a hedge to Drew and keep all the draft picks. Save money to re-sign players, guaranteed quarterback competition, and you can fill holes with the draft that you lose. Alex Smith was never really a repetitive mistake maker, which would be perfect motivation to get Drew to not throw as many picks. Thanks, boys. Yeah, Alex Smith does make a lot of sense. If all you're looking for is a hedge. Uh, he, he actually does. Now, as I mentioned in my article, I think Chicago is the leader to, in the clubhouse to sign him. That's what it because seems of the, like. Yeah, because of the Matt Nagy connection, there seems like they're moving on from Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, no momentum to get him re-signed. So that would probably be the most comfortable f- thing for him. But uh, it, it, does, it does make some sense. One thing, though, that you mentioned, Jay Harrison, 16, you talk about Denver's type at quarterback. Well, the guy in charge hasn't been around the Broncos. Right. And Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, he hit the height baseline of six foot two, but you would never consider Teddy Bridgewater a strong armed quarterback. That was actually the biggest critique of him that he didn't, that he didn't have enough uh, juice uh, when he was dropping back to throw. And that's the guy that George Payton and the Vikings picked in 2014 and if not for that horrific injury he suffered in practice in 2016 Teddy Bridgewater might still be their quarterback so that's the sort of thing Zach that makes me look at uh, George Payton and say all right I think he is going to think differently at quarterback and the other thing we, we talk about the Vikings is that you can't say they weren't willing to give big money because remember when Kirk Cousins hit the market, they gave him $88 million guaranteed over three years. All of us had our breath taken away at the time, Zach, when the Vikings gave Kirk Cousins that offer. So Peyton has drafted a quarterback who doesn't fit the, fit the big strong-armed template, and he's been part of a, of a team that gave a, con, gave a huge contract to a quarterback. So I think we're dealing with a completely different template now, Zach, than we were just three months ago when John Elway was firmly in charge. Yeah, Mesa, I totally agree with you. And what's very interesting is he really hasn't had a big, strong-armed, you know, 6'5 quarterback. Uh, now, most of his his quarterbacks have been pocket passers. Teddy Bridgewater, still pretty much a pocket passer, but of course could run as well. Uh, but more of a pocket passer, of course, uh, Christian Ponder, 
not a big strong arm quarterback, but he was a pocket passer. Kirk Cousins, not a big strong arm quarterback, but a pocket passer. Uh, so maybe he's okay with the Mac Jones type of quarterback mace where he doesn't need, although Mac Jones, uh, you know, has the size, but he's not huge. And also he doesn't have that strong arm. Maybe that's something that uh, sh- should be looked at here. Of course, at the same time, Teddy Bridgewater had some escapability and could make plays happen with his feet. Kirk Cousins, can, he's not a running quarterback, but he can get you seven yards and get that first down and take off. And Mac Jones doesn't even have that back. Whoa, watch uh, yourself. He could get seven uh, yards in the game. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just teasing I you. I know, I know. But that's, that's, Zach, that's my big concern about the dude is that he is absolutely a – He's not a statue, but there's there's no threat that causes the defense to have to keep him on to stay honest, and that means uh, they can just drop back everybody in coverage. So you know, yes, no, it's uh, it's it's a fair concern. I I, I'm not going to disagree, but I can see why you like him. Bronk Oilers, hey dudes, hope you're all well. If a trade for Deshaun Watson were to happen after the draft. What is the likelihood that some of the top contenders will take themselves out of the sweepstakes by drafting a QB? I look at New York and Carolina, who seem to be likely destinations, and wonder if they were to use their top pick on a guy like Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, or Justin Fields. Does that take them out of the running, or would they include that recently drafted quarterback as part of the package? Secondly, how big of an impact do you think scheme fit will have, and how do you think Deshaun Watson would fit into the scheme could Pat Shermer's experience under Chip Kelly be a potential selling point for Watson? From a personnel standpoint, I think we can stack up to any real, other realistic destination for him, but I wonder if our coaching staff leaves something to be desired. And real quick, Bronco Oilers, I just got to say, if you are a team and you get Deshaun Watson and you are not remaking your scheme and your tactics for his strengths, you should be fired on the spot. Yep, and George Payton should do that uh, immediately if that's the case. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) In terms of the coaching staff being a selling point, uh, I, I don't think that this coaching staff is a selling point. Uh, I, I also don't think that it's um, a blocking point. I don't think uh, Deshaun would look at this and say, I will absolutely not go there because of this, the, because of the offensive scheme. But I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to look at Pat Shermer and say, I want to play for him because he spent time with Chip Kelly. I, I, I certainly don't think that will happen. But what you said, Bronco Oiler, is the Broncos do have a massive selling point, And that is all the young talent on offense that he'd be surrounded by. That is the selling point right there, I think, is the talent. And uh, the thing with with coaches as well and schemes, they change. And when you look at Deshaun Watson, clearly, I think, even though everyone is overreacting to every tweet that he likes and so forth, Deshaun Watson wants out. And from all accounts, he doesn't particularly seem to care where. He wants out. And think of it this way. You can easily change the coaching staff. I mean, coach, you know, roughly a third of the league changes coaches and staffs every year. But you can't change the owner as easily. If the owner has the financial wherewithal, uh, that person is staying there for generations. And I think that's what Deshaun Watson is looking at. He's thinking, Okay, if I go to a place where the coaching isn't quite there and everything's not quite there, they can make those changes. But the owner, I'm stuck with. I mean, ask ask Washington football team fans about being stuck with Dan Snyder for the last 22 years. 
I mean, that's that that's a hopeless feeling. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. That's a really good point there, Mace. Uh, and and, and good question there, Broncoiler. Oh, next one's for you, Mace. Yeah, Count Locula says. Watson's first name is Derek with two R's pod people. Apparently his true friends and closest pals call him that exclusively. I think if Broncos Twitter would start referring to him that way, his chance of giving us the final rose might increase monumentally. Not even Woody Page knows this. He won't though, because he blocked me on Twitter for saying that it sucked when ESPN carried the national championship game because people without cable couldn't watch it. Page told me that cable wasn't that expensive and then blocked me. So if you all could get the message to him as well, things might move in our direction. Love the count. <laughs> all right, count. So Derek uh, Watson. I love it. There we go. <laughs> or do you call him Derek Deshaun Watson? Do you do like, do you do like the full name, like a sign of respect? Right, right. Yeah. Or, or it may feel like your, your parents are calling you when you're in trouble though. It, it may, but uh, maybe you turn it into a, like a, a sign of affection. Like, um, you know, when, when you're talking about like a president, for example, and right. you're trying to, to emphasize, uh, you know, what they were like, someone else, uh, William Jefferson Clinton, or, um, you know, George Herbert Walker Bush, that, right. that, that kind of thing. You're, you're conveying a, a, a deeper sense of respect by using the full name. And maybe that's kind of what the case is here. They say, Derek Deshaun Watson. Mm, I like that. Like, I like it, that a lot. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing uh, if Deshaun Watson were somehow a Bronco, uh, uh, Dave Logan kind of stretching it out uh, for emphasis. What a magical play by Derek Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yep. And oh. then a, a, a cool little uh, nickname could be DDW. I like that. DDW. Oh man. But thanks for that inside info account. And we'll try to pass it on to your friend Woody as well. Although it's, although it's not that inside, it's right there on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Next one from Orange Crushing It. Two of the last three pods, you guys have mentioned that bringing in a mentor for Drew Locke is not a priority for the Broncos. And in both pods, the example was used that Patrick Mahomes didn't need a mentor to come in and be great. This threw me off a bit. Drew Locke is not and will never be Patrick Mahomes. And guess what? Neither will any quarterback that starts for any team for the next decade, most likely. If Drew Locke needs a mentor to develop. That does not mean he can't be a viable starting quarterback. See Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben, Tom Brady, who all sat behind a vet before coming in and becoming the guy. No, he's never going to be Mahomes. But with some consistency and maybe a vet to learn from, the other quarterback can be Daniel Jones or Case Keenum, maybe a Matt Ryan type of guy even. That's not out of the question. Well, Orange crushing it. Um, I think that was just a a reason, a, a, an example. I wasn't saying that that Drew is Patrick Mahomes by any means. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. I also don't think Mace that Aaron Rodgers needed a mentor, that Big Ben needed a mentor, that Tom Brady needed a mentor. I think those guys would have been just as good in their careers, whether or not they had uh, a quote unquote mentor ahead of them. My point about the mentor thing is. Let's not make a big deal of it. I I personally think Drew Locke is going to be a good quarterback uh, with or without a mentor. It's not a quarterback that's going to make him good. And same with failing. I don't think a mentor is going to to make him fail or not fail. I I think Drew is going to succeed uh, because of himself and not because of whether or not they bring in a, a good or a great mentor for him. 
Yeah, and uh, it's interesting because you, you mentioned some of the quarterbacks there. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers, for example, and Brett Favre quite famously wasn't helping Aaron Rodgers along in Green Bay. Right. Favre was doing his own thing, and, and Rodgers was learning by watching, learning by being in the room, and that's where I think uh, – having a veteran is valuable if you kind of see how to how to do it and find out okay this is what i can replicate this is this is uh, uh what would help me and uh and this is what maybe isn't going to help me kind of figuring out what works and what doesn't but um i mean i will say this that uh, i mean there are examples of where a mentor helped i mean uh I think it certainly helped uh, John Elway earlier in his early in his career. Uh, that rookie season, which was really up and down, and there were some lows for John Elway as a rookie. Uh, that uh, Steve Deberg was around, and Steve Deberg kind of made a practice of of being a veteran mentor for younger quarterbacks because like he he was in San Francisco before Joe Montana and then he was in Del Denver before John Elway and uh and then to a lesser degree he was in Tampa uh when uh Vinny Testaverde came in and kind of helped uh Shepard Testaverde along early on his career so I I think for some guys it helps but for others it doesn't and it just it depends on having having the right for having the right person uh there as well it, the other thing is you know, some of these quarterbacks, it was the mentor wasn't a quarterback. It was a coach. Like, for example, Peyton Manning, he, you know, it, it wasn't another quarterback in that room in, in Indianapolis. It was, he had Bruce Arians as his quarterback coach and Tom Moore as the offensive coordinator. I mean, he had right. a couple of, he had a couple of sage minds who, by the way, now are working with Tom Brady, <laughs> getting the most out of the end of his career uh, down in Tampa Bay. So I, I think uh, that can be just as valuable. And that's where you say, okay, how good is Mike Shula? How good is Pat Shermer at this role? Right, exactly. He goes on and says, I understand the way the league works because he was a second rounder. Everyone is just okay letting him walk after 17 games. But man, is it going to be a bummer if he goes somewhere and turns into the second coming of Brett Favre because the team gives him some support instead of running through three offenses in 17 games and wondering why he threw some off target balls and didn't always look comfortable. It will always be crazy to me that if he was picked number 32 overall, we'd be bringing in Fitz Magic to mentor him, giving him full confidence confidence and we'd all be focused on his potential rather than his interception rate after averaging a new offensive coordinator every six games but instead we picked him 10 spots later so it's time to move on to Alex Smith or bring in Nick Foles to compete to be the starter my opinion if we can get to Sean Watson or Russell Wilson go get them and never look back other than that we should be thinking about how to make a top 50 draft pick a quarterback expand his understanding of the offense get on the same page as his receivers and see what the kid can do with a roster that's not so full of injuries in rookies next season p.s let us not forget that peyton manning set the record for interceptions by a rookie in his first 16 games along with going three and 13 in that span imagine if the colts had said yeah we need to go mid-tier vet to get us over the hump and yes i know he set a record for touchdowns as well <laughs> but that doesn't fit well within my narrative so let's not focus on that steps down off i admire your self-awareness to say yes that doesn't fit within your narrative so <laughs> that's that's the, I, I, appreciate I do appreciate that. that 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 made me laugh when i first read this comment uh the last night so well done orange crushing it um couple of things first of all 
you are in an, env- an environment league wide where it has never been more favorable for a young quarterback to find his footing early than it is right now. Just how the game has evolved, how rules have evolved, even how offenses have evolved. We have a better idea of a young quarterback's potential early than we did, say, 23 years ago, 38 years ago with John Elway. Man, it's been a long time. Time is is indeed flying past. The other thing is that you talk about the difference in picking him 32nd and 42nd. And the big thing there, Zach, is that when you pick somebody 32nd, you have another season to come to a decision because you have the fifth year option as a first round pick. When you pick that guy in the second round, you have accelerated the process a bit because you, you are accelerating the point at which you have to make a decision. And then on top of that, you've not, you not only accelerated that process. The other thing you've done is that you've said, okay, uh, you, you said, okay, okay. We've, you know, we've, Got, we've got to have a limit on the cost controlled years because that fifth year option, it's a, it, it's not a bargain, but it is cost certainty. If you can pick that up with Drew Lock, you don't have that. So it's like, okay, I mean, we're, we're steaming towards something here. We have a narrower window window of cost control. I mean, the bottom line is that we're already halfway down the path of Drew Lock being cost control, be, being cost controlled here. And the early returns aren't great. And how, you know, the advantage of having a Drew Lock, it shrinks day by day because you don't, because you don't have that cost certainty for as long as you would have if you had a first round pick. So it's just, it's a different dynamic. And that's why I, I think there is some logic to the notion that the Broncos really wanted Drew Lock. They would have traded back into round one to get him late. Yeah, without a doubt. And Mace, one thing, we can't just say like, oh, it's only 10 picks. No, it's a difference in the round. The Mm -hmm. first and second round, like you've explained very well, is a huge, huge gap. So that house has to be factored in. And it's also not like saying, you know, the first pick in the fifth round uh, compared to the 11th pick in the fifth round. Such different values there. And there is a reason why some teams try to trade up from, you know, the fifth overall pick in the second round to the to, to the 32nd pick in the first round is because the value difference is huge there. So it's not just a difference in 10 picks. There's so much more value that's lost there going from 32 down to where Drew fell to the Broncos. So you can't just say, ah, it's only 10 picks. No, there's a reason that Baltimore traded up mm-hmm. uh, to 32 in order to grab Lamar Jackson's because they valued him not only those picks value that they traded up for but they valued him for that fifth year option that other round right rick spielman and george payton did the same thing for bridgewater in 2014 traded back into round one and so they have experience doing this the other thing orange crushing and i had you know to go back to the original paragraph um if uh if if drew lock can be daniel jones or or case keenum that's a hard pass for me (laughs) hard i'm like no 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 that's if that's all he can be then uh yeah, move on. 
I mean, especially if it's if it's many years developing Drew oh. in order for him to reach his ceiling of that. Oh my, yeah, I, I saw that and I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> Next oh. one from Samuel Bisu. Hey guys, haven't commented in a while, but I heard the call for OGs, so I had to make time today to, to say hello to the community. Thank you, Samuel. He says, Broncos question. If Boye and Casey sign elsewhere, will the Broncos get a compensatory pick? I am one of those Drew supporters. I still, oh, we'll, we'll answer that first question really okay. quick. Yeah, they would not get a compensatory pick because they were both cut. Yeah, the, the Broncos uh, cut, of course, cut them. They had a year. They had they had time left on their deal, but no guaranteed money. And what happens when they're cut is that they they become street free agents, which means they're not part of the compensation formula that is involved with unrestricted free agents, guys whose contracts expire and then they go onto the market so they're just they're just cut and uh and, and they could sign with somebody right now like jj watt for example jj watt was a street free agent that's why he can sign right now and to go back to a name that has come up a lot the last couple of days if washington cut washington is expected to release alex smith they would not get a compensatory pick so that uh uh that may factor into a team looking at Alex Smith and saying, wow, uh, he's not going to be part of the compensatory formula. But if they release him today, then a team if they if that wants to get a jump star in the market could take a long look at Alex Smith here. And so uh, that's why uh, Alex Smith being on the market kind of makes things interesting because there could be a team that makes a preemptive strike for their quarterback. Exactly. You don't have to wait. He goes on and says, I'm one of those Drew supporters. I still believe in the kid. I saw palpable improvement as he got more comfortable in the offense. And I think this year he will take a step forward. I would love Watson, but I don't see a realistic path to getting him. So for now, I'm backing Drew. I hope next year will be better for everyone in the community. I hope you guys get to cover your first Broncos winning season in the DNVR era. If we had so much fun with the team losing, I can't wait to see what happens when the team is winning. And also for all of that, for all of you that just listened to the podcast, subscribe Subscribe now. I guarantee it's worth it. Well, thank you so thank you. much, Samuel Bisu. You, you're such a special part of the community. Thank you for, for saying hello. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, for y'all's sake, I hope it's a more successful season to uh, to, to watch this year. Um, that's why I kind of go back to what I said yesterday. I'm not sure morale-wise that Broncos country can take another losing season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Mace, I totally understand what you're saying yesterday yeah. about, you know, needing to take a step in the right direction in yeah. order to get to the promised land one day, get, get that belief in, back in the fan base again and, and get the belief in, with the young players as well. I mean, you take, for example, even Justin Simmons, he's been a great player for the Broncos, Justin Simmons. He's experienced a, a modest nine and seven winning season. He hasn't experienced playoff football. I mean, it's been, yeah. it's been a long time. If the Broncos, let Vaughn Miller go. Don't pick up uh, that contract for this year. Then the guys that have the roadmap to the postseason, at least in Denver, I mean, it's basically Brandon McManus. That's it. And uh, th I think there is something to the notion of, of, of knowing how to get there, understanding what it takes and, uh, and that helping you get back there again and helping you, rebuild the culture that's the other thing a culture does matter it's not, i think it's not as important as having a great quarterback and i think a great quarterback can help you have a great culture but culture does matter in organization it's it's not something you can completely dismiss 
And somewhere that has great culture maces, our friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia Chevalier know all about our culture because they've been DNBR members for a long time. And of course, they're diehard Broncos fans, part of this community as well. They're a husband-wife team with over 15 years of financial services experiences. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. And most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to Discuss all of your options over at dnvrmortgage.com. And since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage, your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term, long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. And Mike is a certified financial planner, so there's no one better to look at all of these components of your finances than Mike. And Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do and get set up with that free consultation to discuss all of your options over at Chevalier Mortgage or give Virginia a call directly, 303-257-6578. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Also want to tell you about our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. They're going to get, they're going to give you that hassle-free meat life. That's right. We brought you damn good beer. Now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cow Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. They're a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas, and they ship all over the USA and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu because it's the best damn Wagyu beef that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Frank's with no fillers, by the way, and two flavors of jerky, original and sweet and spicy. Their hamburger won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. The country loves their beef, and we love their beef, too. They take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, which give you that very high-prime product grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So check out HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. Use that magical code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. DNVR10 for 10% off. And if you get that order to $200, you'll get free shipping. So if you want to have the maximum savings, guys, order at least $200 of beef from Hassle Cattle Company. Hey, you've got a freezer. You got extra. Stick it in your freezer. It's going to be ready for you to thaw out and put on the grill when the time comes. So use that magical code DMVR10, get 10% off and get to $200 and take advantage of that free shipping from our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com. All right. Next one coming in from T rev it up Bronco. What's up, bros. I can't believe Mason Zach weren't seeing eye to eye with RK on the Alex Smith thing. He looked like a squatting dog until his seventh season where he finally threw for over 3000 yards and 17 to 17 touchdowns to five interceptions. This guy has barely been a serviceable starter his whole career until the 49ers sucked long enough to build a good team around him. And well, Kansas city was pretty much Kansas city when he got there, check the numbers. And then, so he's taken the numbers minus the pit game lock and 17 games 3,007 or 3,953 yards 23 touchdowns and 18 picks Smith the last two seasons 18 games 16 starts 
3,700 yards, 16 touchdowns, 13 picks. Got to side with RK. If we sign this guy, he's a backup for sure. He can't take care of the ball any better than Drew, and he's pretty much a rook. Plus, you tack on no continuity and the Judy Hamler having the highest drop percentage in the league. I think it's obvious this team has a much higher ceiling with Drew, and you never know. Maybe Alex is a mentor that sparks it. Stop with that. I can't. Uh, no. <laughs> the mentor's not going to spark it with Drew. Worst case, trade down in the draft and get capital for next year. If Locke looks like crap with four or five wins, trade up and throw another dart. I am obviously a lock for one more year guy, but do agree Alex would be a great backup option. Sorry, guys. Go get some tacos and replenish after that Frodo and Smeagol cage match. <laughs> what? 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 I mean, who, I don't know who Smeagol is. No idea either. <laughs> anyway, sorry. The thing with Alex Smith, though, I mean, last year he threw eight interceptions in in six in, in eight games, played six starts, and that wasn't great. But based on what he had done the previous eight years, that was such a huge outlier. And in particular, compared to the, the years in Kansas City and his first year in Washington, he never had more than 1.6% of his passes be intercepted in a season. Last year, it was 3.2. So it's fair to say that what Alex Smith did last year, if he is getting closer to health, is probably an outlier relative to whether what he did in Kansas City. And I'm sorry, even though Patrick Mahomes has done phenomenally since Alex Smith was traded from the Chiefs to the Washington team, I can't describe Alex Smith as barely a serviceable starter. He was very good for the, for the Chiefs in those years that, that he was there in particular and got better as time as time went on. He was an efficient quarterback. He was an above average quarterback for his entire time there. So I'm, I just can't describe him as barely serviceable when what he produced shows the exact opposite. Macy was an MVP guy for most yeah. of the season in 2017. That's obviously better than barely serviceable. Yeah. And for an eight year stretch from 2011 to 2018, uh, up, up until the injury, he had, he didn't, he only had one season where he had above a 2% interception percentage. Everything else was in the ones, which is incredible, including he led the league twice in interception percent, only throwing 1% right. interceptions and 1.1 in respective seasons. Mace, you have to go back to 2010 for the last time Alex Smith had or had double digit interceptions. Last year was not good statistically, although his team did go five and one. So you can't overlook that. Um, but I, I think it's fair to say that last year was, was the outlier not who Alex Smith is. So you, you look at his career, Mace, pretty much 200 touchdowns to 100 interceptions. That's two to one with a pretty good sample size there. Yeah, and there's even last year, not a great season for Alex Smith. Washington's offense accounted for 4.8 more points per game in the games he started than the games where he didn't play or come off the bench. I don't want to obviously get into QB wins, but that I'm going to get into the production of the offense because that shows how he elevates a unit, how he elevates uh, guys around him. And there is a clear gap over the last three years in what Washington is with Alex Smith compared to when he's not in the lineup. And that's, and, and that's why, frankly, if the Broncos signed Alex Smith, if Drew Locke beats him out, then that's great. Then I think good times are coming. Yep. If Alex Smith ends up playing for the Broncos, Zach, 
I would expect them to win in nine or 10 games. Yeah. Yeah. I think I mean, they're a playoff team. Say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not crazy to say. Uh, and here's where I agree with you, T wrap it up. And maybe we meet in the middle right here is if Alex Smith comes in the Broncos sign him, he comes in in training camp and in the preseason, he is the Alex Smith of the past two years, specifically mm-hmm. last year. Then you're right. Drew Locke's going to win the job, but if he is Alex Smith, through what 15 10 15 years in the nfl then like i said yesterday i don't even think it's going to be close i think alex smith is going to run away with this job in training camp so you're right if he's the alex smith of last year drew lock will win the job if he's just alex smith that he's been for the majority of his career it's not going to be close yeah and the question is how much money are you going to pay to find that out right yeah exactly exactly well great conversation there next swedish bronco as a continuation of yesterday's comments, maybe they should have franchised Tag Vaughn twice and seeing that he's not worth $20 million, drop him when we're getting nowhere after 2017. With the Super Bowl long gone, the fans maybe wouldn't have been as upset. I'm no Vaughn hater, but after seeing J.J. Watt getting $15 million, I feel Vaughn would never accept what he's actually worth. I wouldn't really want to pay him more than 8 to $10 million considering injuries and production. So it feels like cutting Vaughn is the only smart thing to do. Given what we had a, a conversation about uh, earlier in this podcast, Zach, what are your thoughts on that? Oh man. I mean, that that's what I think. If I'm George Payton, I'm offering Vaughn, I'm saying 10 to 12 million. And I think that Vaughn says uh, my, my oh. value is way higher than that. Thanks, but no thanks. Now the other thing I'll say to you, Swedish Bronco, if they had tagged Vaughn Miller a second time, I don't think Vaughn would have played in 2017 i think he would have said no i I want out yeah and he he was saying that um Mm -hmm. uh, he was saying that he wasn't going to play under the tag when all of that was going on in 2016 yes yeah exactly exactly and and i think it's very interesting swedish bronco and it does create uh, a, a very interesting dynamic and one that we may see happen this year mace with justin simmons this makes me that this comment from swedish bronco makes me think should the Broncos do this with Justin Simmons and see if he's worth the 15 million? It may be where this is headed. I frankly, I would pay Justin Simmons because I think he has the skill set to age very well. Uh, typically, uh, safeties, as long as there isn't some kind of extenuating circumstance, uh, like for example, when Kenny Easley uh, uh, had to retire early from Seattle, uh, although he was traded to Arizona and the trade got rescinded back in uh, 88 uh, because of some kidney issues. Safeties in general, they tend to have a, an effective shelf life when they're really good uh, getting into year nine, year 10. And that's why I think uh, Justin Simmons going into year six here I think it's fair to give him a, a four-year deal, and I think yeah. you're going to get the you're go, you're going to get uh, the rest of of Justin Simmons's high-level play out of that sort of contract, barring injury. Yeah, I'm not worried about Justin falling off at the end of his contract, and you being worried about that. I'm not worried about that, just just like you aren't, Mace. Uh, and like we've said, Mace, if you want Justin here for the long term, you should have signed him yesterday. You should sign him today. You should sign him tomorrow. Every day you wait, mm-hmm. especially when we get close to free agency opening and other safety signing around the league, and especially if you put him on a second franchise and don't sign him until next year, all you're doing is just burning more money because he's just going to cost you more. Yep, exactly. And uh, one more thing from Swedish Bronco says about the quiz. I think you should consider a four-step prize ladder for red zone. 
half step is win over our care, Zach, then getting one point on Mace's step three and winning against Mace gives you the grand prize. Mace is impossible and taking points for him should be worth the prize in my opinion. <laughs> oh man. I mean, it's true. Mace is the top dog. That's oh. why it's, uh, you know, getting from the, the, the 20 to the 10 yard line is okay, but man, getting from 10 to the end zone is certainly tough. I have lost before. And the funny thing is I remember the question that, that had, that gave me the only loss and faced the Mace over on the Broncos site. And it was which center had the most snaps to John Elway in his career oh. snapped the most games. Pardon me. And, um, I, uh, I guessed, uh, Keith carts and it was incorrect. I was incorrect. It was Billy Bryant. And I bet you'll never forget that. Will you may. I remember that now. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember how to spell fuchsia, uh, the, the word that I missed in the spelling, in the, spe- in the spelling bee back in, uh, eighth grade after i did <laughs> after i'd gone to state the year before fuchsia f-u-c-h-s-i-a fuchsia oh wow yeah that's a nightmare of a word i don't blame you oh man oh <laughs> next one from sebastian airbay my boys hope you're having a great monday just a quick hypothetical for y'all today say the broncos get Deshaun and the raiders get russ this has to be the greatest division of all time right or at least in the conversation anyways thanks for everything much love sebastian the greatest quarterback division of all time. Absolutely. Yep. Without I don't a doubt. Any question about that. I mean, if uh, the Broncos get to Sean Watson, the Raiders get Russell Wilson, you, uh, you'd have four quarterbacks. I mean, really Justin Herbert would be the fourth best in that group. And yet you could put him in some other divisions and uh, he might be the best pretty quickly. What's crazy is he would be the fourth best in the division right away, but Mace, it's also not crazy to say that he could become the second best in the division. With what he just did as a rookie, you can't say that there's no chance he he could become better than Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, if that were if that were the allotment of quarterbacks in the AFC West, I think the networks would be wise to just take every divisional game and give it a national window. Yep. Exactly. Oh man. How many primetime games would there be in the AFC West? Oh, the whole division would max out. Yep. <laughs> Every oh, year. That would be a blast. They all max out. I, I I'm convinced of that. Talk about rivalries. I mean, it, we, we've kind of wanted to see a spark with some of the AFC West rivalries. Well, that would spark it right there for the next 10 years. Wow. And you know what, if that happens, Zach, I'll make this prediction. If you had Russell Wilson with the Raiders and Deshaun Watson with the Broncos, there would come a year where all four AFC West teams made the playoffs. Mm, yep. Yep. And, and you probably, in that case, you probably wouldn't have like a 14 and two chiefs team or anything. You'd probably have an 11 and five chiefs, two, right. 10 and six teams and a nine and seven team or something. It, it would be a year where they got favorable draws in interdivisional interconference play and everyone was like nine and seven to 11 and five. Yep, exactly. With, with most of the losses coming to other AFC West teams. Uh-huh. That, that would be amazing. Oh, it really Absolutely would. Amazing. Oh man. That just gets me pumped thinking about it. 
Next one from Bangkok Bronco. Hey, gents. I haven't commented in the last couple of months now. To be honest, since I've moved back to Thailand, I found myself consumed by numerous other things, both personal and professional, and I no longer have time to be someone who listens and follows daily. I still find the time to follow the content occasionally, and the quality is as high as it ever was. So thank you for that, and keep on doing what you do. Hope you guys are well, and maybe in the future, I'll be able to rejoin on a daily basis again. Bangkok Bronco out. Oh, man. Well, hate to hear mm -hmm. that, Bangkok Bronco, but I hope everything in Thailand is going well. And, man, when, when you're back with us on a daily basis, we'd love it. Yeah, we appreciate you still listening regardless and uh, uh, as often as you can. Um, but uh, wish the best for you. Hope everything goes, uh, goes okay over in Thailand and, uh, and things are manageable for you as well. Absolutely. LDJ checking in. So I'm 1000% with RK. I couldn't believe what I was hearing from Zach and Mace. Dude, if Alex Smith is a starter coming here, if he beats Drew in camp, why are we giving Drew another shot? It's time to move on from him if he can't beat out a shell of himself, Alex Smith. There's no need to bring Alex Smith in unless he's prepared to take Kurt Warner's approach. Do whatever you can to help the team win, whether it's starting or helping Drew. That's the only reason I want him. Which brings me to my question. I think Fields is worth worth it at nine but only zach agrees so if trey lance is there at nine do you guys take him or would you give drew at least one last shot oh trey lance at nine i'm running to the podium with the card i am as well i yeah. I, I am as well mace i personally am uh, i'm at the point where probably any quarterback at nine for me uh, of the top five. And I know that for you guys, the <laughs> hardest one to convince is going to be Mac Jones, but I just love yeah. what I see from him. And we've talked about that enough, but the other four guys. Yeah. If one, if one of them's there, I, I'm doing it. And um, mm -hmm. Trey Lance guy that makes a lot of sense when you have a GM that's on a six year path. Exactly. I, it, you can play the long game with him. Now, the other thing that I think would happen is you would have signed your veteran hedge by then. I mean, there's a veteran coming in here in the next few weeks. I think we all know that. Yep. If they drafted Lance, I, I could see a scenario where they say they're trading Drew Locke later in the draft. Uh -huh. I don't yep. think there's room for both Trey Lance and Drew Locke to get reps and it doesn't make sense mason and also drew lock is not going to be your veteran mentor to any young quarterback that doesn't make sense he's still trying to figure out the ways himself so i totally agree with you it just make for an awkward dynamic there would clearly be no no room for drew to prove himself this year or for the future you'd be going all in with that young guy, even if it doesn't mean that young guy starting week one, uh, because the, the veteran hedge is doing that. But uh, I think that by the time the draft is over, you're hundred percent, right? Mace, the Broncos would have, have traded drew for, for some draft pick. Yeah. So anyway, orange and blue Aussie as Mace clearly picked up on the bridge hedge QB is way down the list for me, but Drew lock supporters do need to understand that he needs a challenge to allow us to know for sure. I prefer a young QB that has a shot to compete, not a retread. Now, to sort my failed comment from last week. What I meant to say, do you think from the limited amount of play that you have seen, do you think that Mooty and Calvin Anderson could grow into a starter's role in 2022 when the outs contract-wise for Glasgow and James are workable? Franklin, no clue how I brought him into the post. I guess <laughs> flashback to Big O, Orlando Franklin there. Yeah. I guess that was correct. But uh, Zach, what do you think? Uh, could they be starting by 2022, Mooty and Anderson? 
Moody, absolutely, he he can be. From what the little we've seen, knowing with how talented he is, he could absolutely be a starter. Now, if he's a starter, you want to make sure that yet you, you have a good backup in place, just because it would be naive thinking that Natani Muti, there's no chance he could get hurt. In the NFL, so many players get hurt, especially when with injury. So, but absolutely, he could be a starter in 2022. And Calvin Anderson, more of a gamble, not not as much of a sure thing, but could he? Yeah, certainly he could with another year uh, under Mike Munchak and how smart Calvin is. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, the interesting thing on Anderson, of course, is he'd be getting towards contract time by then. And uh, Muti would be in year three of his deal. But uh, certainly I could see Muti starting, no question. Uh, a little less sold on, uh, on Anderson at this point, but I think uh, there, there's a potential there that exists. And then finally, uh, Orange and Blue Aussie continues by saying, we all have strong opinions on the QBs we, QBs we want to see. A bit of history. Dan Reeves and many in Broncos country got all caught up in Tommy Maddox and got the mindset that we needed one to replace John Elway as he couldn't win the big game. It hurt me to think that some of Broncos country did not want to go to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl again after 0-4 for fear of going 0-5. So support Drew, dream of Watson, think of how to trade up or move down, but remember, if you don't agree, all opinions are valid. I have my opinions, but I'll be glad to be 100% wrong if one of yours gets us back up to the Super Bowl. Appreciate that. That's uh, some good sentiment, although I would say this. Most people outside of Denver cringed and thought it was insane that Dan Reeves was considering casting his lot with Tommy Maddox over John (laughs) Elway. (laughs) <laughs> yes and it, because it was insane <laughs> it, it's a great point uh orange and blue ozzy and really sports aren't fun if there's no disagreement i love when you guys come in and, and disagree with us it's just not fun when it turns into you know a screaming match and name calling and stuff so uh, and that that's what i think this community is great at is we're able to have disagreements and talk about it and in a in a good way and uh i totally agree with you orange and blue ozzy the the truly the best thing for the Broncos is for Drew Locke to develop and work out. Um, I'm just not sold that he's going to right now. And that's okay. And that's okay that some people are sold and wanted to give him another year. And it's okay that some people want to trade the entire farm. Uh, plus, you know, all the meatballs and pasta for Deshaun Watson. Now it's interesting to look to hear this from Washington's perspective on the Elway thing. Uh, Charlie Casserly um, said a few years ago, that uh, they called and asked, what's the price for John Elway? It's a fact. That was Cassidy's uh, quote. Said, it would have been 91 the Super Bowl year. And they did not say no. They said, let's think about it. Then the Broncos came back and said, Jim Lachey. Washington owner Jack Kent Cook said, we're not trading Lachey. So there was never any discussion, serious discussion on our side. And then the next day they said no on it. Wow. Wouldn't that have been something? Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. And then of course you never have John Elway as the general manager of the Broncos. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, wow. That, that, who knows? Maybe John Elway is the general manager of Washington now. <laughs> Seriously. Holy if he, cow. If he had played there, wouldn't that good, have been something? Very, very, very good chance. The Broncos have zero Super Bowls right now. If that, if that trade happened. Oh Yeah. And maybe wow. they're not even here because they don't get the Super Bowls and oh, maybe it's man. tougher to get a new stadium and maybe they have the Los Angeles Broncos. And, and then cow. there's an expansion team uh, uh, brought to Denver and they're like the, uh, the um, I don't know. Uh, 
the Denver Bison. <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be something. Holy cow! Well, good thing that trade didn't happen. Yeah, I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and Mace, final one here, coming from Casper, fellas. We need to bring in a hedge. I know the guy is beloved, but last year was too inconsistent. Everyone or drafting one may not be the answer, and veteran free agent signings are hit or miss. So. What do you, who do you feel should we should bring in for competing with Brandon McManus? Oh, <laughs> well, I'll God. tell you what, there's a, there's no competing going on with Brandon McManus after signing him to a four year, $17 million contract. He's your guy this year. Yeah. And uh, if you cut him, uh, if you cut him before June one, his cap figure for this year would go from 4.5 million to 6 million. If you wait until after June 1 and spread out the hit, then uh, you'd be cutting him with no cap relief and uh, all of his contract being dead money. So you ain't uh, doing it. <laughs> no, you're not doing it. You, Brandon McManus is going to be your kicker in, the 20, in 2021. After that, who knows? I mean, George Payton may say, yeah, I don't think this is a good outlay he, for, to have this much money on a kicker. But uh, for now... Brandon McManus is back. No question. Yep. He certainly is. And before we get out of here, got to tell you about our friends over at green mountain dental. We've had several DNVR listeners switch over to green mountain dental group over the years and make them their permanent family dentistry. And they've reached back out to us to let us know how great their experience was for them and thanked us for leading them to such a wonderful practice. Of course, our sales director, Lindsay and Allie also got their wisdom teeth removed at green mountain dental and had nothing but good things to say about the care that they they were treated with from Green Mountain Dental. In fact, the dentist even called them both personally a couple of days later to follow up and see how they were doing. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental. So make sure when you go there to tweet us to let us know that you're supporting Green Mountain Dental. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for rolling with us on this Tuesday in March, man. We're only a couple of weeks away free agency ramping up and we can see what moves george payton makes but for andrew mason i'm zach stevens thank you all so much for rolling with us we'll be live on youtube tomorrow at 9 30 we'll talk to you then